Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. So during these times of, of, of struggle, right, and of difficult times, you know, one thing I think we can all lean on is our own ability to be better and to do something better today, right? Each day is a new opportunity. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, right? This isn't a new concept to most people listening, but I think it's a good reframe for all of us right now as we look at John Meyer here, finishing out the CEO and co-founder of Lemonade um, based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right? which what is we um, my second favorite so place. So we're talking yeah. about that concept so, of being better um, Thanks day. for being here, John. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jamie. We love to have more fans of Sioux Falls. Perfect. Um, will you just start with kind of sharing with our listeners about your journey um, and, and what that journey has been to success for you? Yeah, you bet. You bet. So I grew up in Brookings, South Dakota, just about an hour north here of Sioux Falls. Went to school in Northeast Iowa, a little school called Luther College. Um, I decided to major in communication studies, which to be honest, was sort of my version of, well, I'm good at this. So that seems like the easy path, right? Like I always joke that entrepreneurs, like we get maybe too much credit. Yeah, we're motivated. We're hustlers. We want to work hard. We want to change the world, but also we want to find like shortcuts and easy right. routes. So like we just do things differently. And so I was a kid in high school that did, you know, debate, theater, choir, track, soccer. I did a little bit of everything, but I was good at, I wasn't afraid to talk. I wasn't afraid to work with groups of people and all that. And so I majored in communications because it just seemed natural, but I had no idea what that would mean, right? What does a communication major do? Mm -hmm. And so in my senior year of college, they do these job fairs and these companies come and, and set up their little booth with their little banners and, 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 and get to know students and you bring your pad folio with your resumes and, uh, <laughs> I ended up getting kind of nudged in the direction of this um, consulting company that they said, Hey, you got a good GPA, you're a problem solver. You like, you're interested in technology. And, and so after three rounds of interviews, a big phone interview, an in-person interview up in Minneapolis uh, and one more, um, I got a job offer in the fall of my senior year to be a consultant. And so I moved to Minneapolis actually up there and would drive to the, uh, lived in uptown, would drive to the the Best Buy headquarters every day for um, my first uh, start of my career. And I kind of considered entrepreneurship a little bit in college. I was intrigued by it. I did an internship with a teacher who, or a, a, a local entrepreneur who came and spoke to our class. Um, and I always joke, you know, I tell people, don't study entrepreneurship, like do entrepreneurship. Like right. taking the entrepreneurship class wasn't, wasn't, I don't feel like I learned much, but what the teacher did do is bring in these real entrepreneurs where we got to expose to these people who were doing it. And this is 2007 or so. And this guy was doing Google ads and early days. And he was talking about how sometimes he worked from the coffee shop and sometimes from his office and sometimes from home. And it was like, my mind just exploded. I was like, you can do that. Like, that's a thing. And I walked up to him after the school bell rang and everybody, of course, max exodus from the classroom. And I asked Jason, I said, Hey, have you ever thought about having a, an, an intern? And he said, yeah, meet me at the coffee shop tomorrow. And again, I showed up in my suit and tie, my pad folio and resumes and <laughs> was expecting like a, an interview or making sure that he kind of, you know, vetted me out. And he just said, okay, I set up your account, like watch this YouTube video, read these blog posts, and then we're going to get started. And I always think about that moment because really all I needed was somebody to sort of just give me the opportunity and just say like, hey, go for it. And so 
I was exposed to entrepreneurship, kind of my Midwest roots, my upbringing still had me take that corporate job, kind of the safe thing to do. And in hindsight, I'm so glad I did. I learned so much and, and, and everything that I learned from uh, that one year of being a consultant helped really inform my creation of building a company. Um, but after a year, was pretty restless. And so uh, found a grant through the state of South Dakota. It was an economic development grant for $15,000 to start your company. And so applied, got that grant and moved back to South Dakota. And that eventually became Lemonly, which is what I do now today. That is so cool. And I just, so many things that you you said there, and and, and we have all types of leaders that listen, right? Entrepreneurs to, to business leaders, but that don't study entrepreneurship, just do it, right? Meaning, yeah. or expose yourself to it versus studying and reading on it, because it's not a scientific thing. It's an art, Correct. right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's different for everybody. And that's what I think is, is really interesting. And I also agree with the corporate piece. Um, you know, having my own business, having mm-hmm. teenagers, right, and, and a senior that's looking at college and, and deciding what to study is, you know, just looking at business and, and you know, we've had conversations about family business, right, on does somebody, do you want to come work in my business eventually? And the conversations we've had is go get a corporate job for a while, right? That mm-hmm. means, because you do learn a ton. And, you know, I would say that's like an MBA and kind of what you get exposed to. And that's more than what you can get exposed to sometimes in a small business right out of college. Yeah. Um, but then if that itch keeps happening, I think it's really important to, we call it the rumble, right? But the rumble, <laughs> listen to I it. Like it. Yeah, yeah. There's something there, right? And I love that, that that's kind of the route that you took as well. So along this kind of journey to success, Talk about what you think is a superpower, right? One of your like supercharged strengths that's really helped you along the way. Yeah. So uh, today I, I own a design company and I don't know how to use Photoshop um, syndrome of kind of wondering, like, was I just in the right time, right place? My co-founder is an incredible, creative, great, 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 talented designer. And we, you know, merged this idea of telling stories through, through visuals and, but I'm a storyteller. And so as we went on, I went, I realized there are a lot of things I'm good at that, that a lot of people don't like to do. So building relationships, sales, and getting people excited about an idea, simplifying a message, communicating a story. Um, so I guess I would say my superpower lies like between the intersection of, of positivity and then getting other people to believe in what they're capable of. And so I don't know what that word would be, but like yeah. getting you excited. And, and if we all come together as a team, we can accomplish something greater together than individually. And so I think that's what I'm probably best at. Well, clearly, because you built a very successful business, base, <laughs> right? I mean, the team aspect sure. and, and I love just the way you operate and how you think about the business. So um, fantastic. So I want to dive into this topic. And, and this is really, you know, in the initial conversations you and I had about this, it was like, okay, that's it, right? I want to <laughs> talk about that. And and it's something that's really ingrained in, in who you are, right? And how you operate. So talk about this concept of being better every day. How's, how has it served you? And how do you use that with your team, right? In your business? Yeah. So a couple of colliding things kind of came together with this idea and, I, and by no means did I create it, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's existed for a long time. I mean, Einstein called compound interest, the eighth wonder of the world. And so uh, a fantastic book that I recommend is Atomic Habits by James Clear, which really helps you dive into it's the successful people, the people, if you want to accomplish things in life, it's not about the outcome or the goal or the destination. It's about the journey and the habits and the day-to-day work that you put in. Um, and so yeah, I, I think strengths can also also often be weaknesses. And so my strength is that uh, I just love, I just crave 
learning and growth and, and development. And I always want to get better. I'm never satisfied, which of course that's sort of the flip side of the weakness of like never being satisfied, stopping and enjoying what you've done. Um, but a couple of years ago, we do a company retreat at Lemonly. And I just felt, I noticed that we maybe had a little bit of, uh, I don't know, like unsettled, like, yeah, just unsettledness, that's not even a word, but like this kind of um, uneasiness of, of where people were at life, this feeling that like, maybe, maybe I should be further ahead. I should be, mm. am I, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? I mean, am I even good looking enough? Right. And I joke that on, on Instagram today, we can go through, we can swipe through the highlight reel of somebody else's life. Cause it's just filtered that way. I mean, literally they call it filters. Um, and I said, I realized I'm going to give a little kind of speech here, I guess, to my superpower and say, okay, guys, you should not compare yourself to anyone except who you were yesterday. That's the only person you should compare yourself. So who was John yesterday? And I like to say, apply that to all the labels and titles uh, you take in your life. So for me, it's a father, it's a husband, a son, a brother, a, a CEO, a co-founder, a runner, you know, whatever that is and whatever metrics or measurements you want to choose. And so this became this concept of, of better every day. And how do we get just 1% better? So 1% better copywriter, 1% better designer, but also on the personal side, right? We don't, I don't think people realize how much we can't leave our, ourselves at the door when we come to work. Uh, this was always true. And now in a pandemic, when we're, when work and home life have literally become the same place, um, this idea that we can separate them just doesn't work. And so I want to bring, I want you to bring your whole self to Lemonly all the baggage that it comes with it, but how do we just commit to 1% better? And so we put it up, uh, I love like artifacts that represent culture. Um, and so we put it up as a neon sign in our front office in downtown Sioux Falls. It's always on. So even in the dark, if you if you drive by or walk by Lemonly, we have big glass windows up front. You can see the sign as better every day, um, but you can't, we only have one entrance into the office. So you can't come into the office without walking by it. And hmm. That is just our message of, hey, you're coming to work today. How do we just get a little bit better? Let's commit to that. And over time, that 1%, that compound interest, we're going to be, we're going to exceed all expectations. Right. It's such, it's so simple, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I think it works and why it's so profound at the same time. Because society as a whole, I think, rewards hustlers right and people who are just grind and just you know are 150 miles an hour and just keep going and and I think it's as a leader I have to give you a lot of credit for just saying time out like right like that's not even realistic right that's like, yeah. like a movie that's playing for somebody else like the real is the day-to-day -day, right it's it's the every step we talk about celebrating in increments right it's just it's each step along the way when you run a marathon you don't yeah focus on 26.2 miles, you focus on mile one and then mile two yeah. and mile three, yeah. right? Mentally. And to your point earlier about, you know, corporate learning from corporate versus entrepreneurship, like it's really easy, I think, for people, leaders to look back and, and, and prescribe success as the path that they chose, right? It's really hard for us to separate ourselves from the path that we, that we went on. And so I'm like, you should be. Like I always say, don't have coffee with me if you're thinking about have, starting a business because I will convince you to do it, right? Like I think everyone should be an entrepreneur, but obviously that's not true. Not everyone should be. Like corporate is perfect for some people. And so I think you have to recognize your own talent, your own place in life, what the goals and outcomes that you want, and then find your path and just get better against your own self-evaluation, right? To, to, to be okay with 
with the, with that. And so, yeah, I think that's where a lot of that started from, but also as a leader, you know, that, um, you know, we're going to set financial goals. We're going to have a scorecard and metrics that we track ourselves on. Um, but at the end of the day, if we just look back and say, Hey, dang, we're, we're better here at the end of 2020 than we were when we started the year. And related to the pandemic, that was my message when that started is like, guys, you know, back in April when we were applying for PPP and clients weren't responding to us and, and, and we didn't know what the heck the world was going to look like if we would have $0 of revenue or, you know, I just said, let's just measure ourselves on that criteria that when this pandemic is over, we feel like we are better moms and dads and better sons and daughters and, and you know, better at our craft, but we'll see where the business goes. Like it was just, we all had to give ourselves like a, not even a free pass because we've been working our butts off and working hard, but like just a, some grace. Right. Right. And, and that was going to be my next question is just that personally and professionally, right. And, and helping people balance that. And I just, I got off a call with a bunch of leaders and our, and our clients earlier this morning. And it's, we feel like we're going through a second round of this kind of grief, right. Mm-hmm. And, and with everything and, and this round feels different. And so, you know, it, it's the idea of how are, you know, how you're helping your team use this to get through this next phase that's new again, because I think yeah. March and April was like adrenaline almost like just a spike of like, we got to figure this out, like lock arms. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. This is now just a fatigue, right? That's happening. Yeah. And, yeah. And guidance would you give a, you know, a leader who's listening, who's like, man, I hear you and I agree, but it's, it's tough day in and day out. Yeah, I think we, yeah, like giving ourselves some grace, like kind of unifying as a team to say, like, I got you, I can cover you today. Cause this is such a, a roller coaster where, like, one day I feel like we are going to be so much better and stronger because of this. And one day I'm like, I'm just over it. Right. And this, the swings, I think as a founder, you, you naturally have to, this has happened to me over time, I think, is the highs are less sweet and the lows are less, like, sting less. You sort of become a little bit numb, which is kind of depressing, but like you almost have right. to, ride in the middle because you just know that you could get a, a six-figure contract and then the next day you know an employee quits and like that's just a normal right. work day for being right. a, a founder of a business and so i've felt more things i felt i think i felt deeper this year and, and, and joy and grief um than maybe years past and so i think allowing that to be okay and accepting that um i think the thing i'm thinking about now is all those things that we start to talk about of Will, will I want to go back to the office or will I always order my groceries this way? Or like some of these things that have changed that I think are going to be more permanent. I think my biggest um, kind of just the, the, the nugget that I'm chewing on is like, how do we make sure six, 12 months from now when there's a vaccine and we're quote unquote normal, we don't, we don't lose the lessons from this pandemic. Right. Because like I spent more time with my two little girls. I've watched them grow. I've appreciated like, I don't, I care less about physical things and care more about experiences and moments. And, and there's all these, these silver linings. And I don't want to diminish the grief and the loss and the pain because we're not through that yet. And then there's, I think there's going to be ongoing pain, but I don't want us to also lose, you know, the lessons from this experience. Right. As and, we look forward. And we have a choice, right? At the, at the end, there's no end, but like it's to go back to the way it was before. And I think this is important for business leaders to think about because it's in our business too. Do we yeah. want to go back to the way it was before, or have we learned something about ourselves as leaders and about our business, meaning maybe not great things that we've learned? Yeah. And do we want to take those forward? You know, the I don't remember who said it first, but there's that um, don't waste a good crisis line. Winston Churchill. And or Winston Churchill. Was it Churchill? Okay. okay. Yeah. If yeah. there's everything, anything you wanted to change about your business, I mean, 2020 was the time to do it. Absolutely. Okay. 
Right. And I think it's that it's that reflection time that a lot of people need to be doing. They have been this whole time, but I think now is maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is closer with the vaccine and everything, but we need to be, we need to be thinking about that, right? Keeping the light at the end Mm -hmm. of the tunnel on and how do we want to be different? So I love that. And I, I also think what you've probably really created with your team is that that support system and, and, and teams need that right now. They need to be able to be vulnerable. They need to be able to have a crappy day and just say, I'm not, I don't feel like adulting today is what I tell my (laughs) days where I'm like, I just can't do it. So now is not the yeah. time to have the deep conversation or make major decisions. Tomorrow will be better, but today's not the day. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Right. Um, can you, you kind of talked about it just a little bit, the compound interest. And when you brought this to me again, it was kind of like, like, okay, yes, that's what we should all be thinking about. So can you give just a little more information on what you mean by the compound interest kind of philosophy and how your team uses that? Yeah, so in that atomic habit, habits book James Clear has this great little chart right and it's this slow kind of hockey stick curve that if you get one percent better I think there's a there's a a situation where someone said I can give you a million dollars now or I can give you a penny that doubles every day right and by I think it's by about day 29 or 30 it it exceeds well exceeds the million dollars so we underestimate the, the power of compound interest and, and how 1%, how much better we can grow. It's like that Bill Gates line that we often overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. And so as we think about goals, you know, like where can you be in five, 10 years? We have this thing at Lemonly called our personal growth plan. And it's, um, I ask you like, what do you, I think when you ask, I have a lot of younger employees like twenties and thirties and, um, when I say, what do you want your life to look like in five years? They, I think they think that I want them to say like senior designer at Lemonly or senior cat, like just like, I should just follow the steps. Right. And I'm like, no, but what do you, what do you want? Because if it's not, if it's something else, and I think that's a tough question to answer sometimes at 35, I don't know what I want in five years. And so instead we say, just describe your life in five years. Like, what does it look like? Where do you wake up? What do you do first? Uh, what's your routine look like? And I believe that I used to over-index as a founder that like part of why we created such a big culture is I just didn't want anyone to leave. I was like, I want everyone to love their job. I don't want anyone to leave. And I'm like, that's, that's wrong. Right. And my wife used to cover the green Bay Packers. And she's like, guess what? We, uh, when I was covering people would freak out when the thought of Brett Favre leaving, which he did like three times. Um, but it turned out there was this guy on the bench, number 12, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who uh, was pretty good himself too. Like, so people are always going to leave. And there's always new opportunities. Right. And so I've sort of accepted like Lemonly has this curve and this trajectory of where our company is going. And so does every individual and their career and their life. And hopefully for a while, those will intersect and, and grow together. And they may also deviate and someone will move on and that's okay. Right. And so this idea of that compound interest, we all have our own curves and for a while they will be aligned. And if Right. You know, sometimes I think our best success story will be all the alumni who left Lemonly and went on to do other great things. Right. Because we've had people go start their own businesses and, and get other, you know, go to, to IBM and we've had people go to, to Microsoft and, you know, like, and we're proud of that, like from this little company in South Dakota. Right. And it reminds me too of the the book, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Mm. A little yeah, bit. he's great. And when you talk about if somebody leaves, like it's, it, you know, life marriage, business, there's no winners. It, it's, it's, a, it's an infinite game and it never ends. Mm-hmm. And when we go away, meaning we leave a business or we die, 
is, is life keeps going, right? The world, everything keeps moving. And so we can't be focused on winning all the time because there is no winning in business, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. not, there's no end game. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I hear when you talk about the compound interest too, is it just, it keeps going. Well, and then to bring that back because it's infinite, it's really hard and challenging to wrap our heads around like the finish line or the, right. the goal or like, once I have enough money or once I do this, right. then, then I will, you know, I always talk to people who is like, yeah, I want to start a business once I have enough money or once I, once my kids are older or once my, I'm like, I can tell you now it'll never be right yeah. to start a business. It turns out it's really hard and it's stressful no matter how much money is in the bank or how old your kids are. Um, so instead let's just focus on today and getting 1% better. Right. So if you're a runner, can we beat our time by five seconds? If you're doing push-ups, let's do 10, let's do 10 more, you know, like whatever that metric is just, you're competing against yourself. Right. And you talked in the beginning kind of about this, the social media impact on, on leaders, right on all of us as humans, not just leaders, but um, this comparison, right. And not feeling mm -hmm. like we're doing enough. We're smart enough. We're successful enough. We're good looking enough, like whatever it is in, you know, put insert here um, yeah. by looking at the highlight reel of other people's lives. And how do you see, like, what guidance would you give them on this better every day? Like, how can they use that to, to maybe quiet that comparison, right? Or shut it off altogether? Yeah, I think we totally underestimate the impact of our environment and how it shapes us. And so that's everything from that saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So if it's cutting out the friend who's not serving you, or even that stressful relationship with a family member. So starting first by taking an inventory of who, and I think that's been a test of us in 2022, right? Like we're all stuck with our families all the time. And so hopefully, you, you know, you love them and you can, you can build relationships with them. And um, so that's one aspect, I think that, but then even your physical environment, like we made sure right away at the beginning of Lemonly's like take home your nice office chair, right? Like set up a, a plant. We gave everybody a stipend. We sent like bonuses to make sure that they were like, they felt comfortable at work. I and mean, we were pretty remote friendly to begin with. So that part of the switch of the pandemic was, was fairly easy for us, but yeah, we definitely underestimate the way our environment impacts us mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, so I would say that, but then the other thing is turn, I think you can invert that comparison game, um, on your own self. And so you asked about superpower. Like that's a question we asked when we hire at London Lee too, what's your superpower? I think the world, like, uh, out the world, uh, rewards people who are bold and rare and unique. Um, you know, like it's like an 80, 20, like the Pareto rule, right. those people get more of the gains because they embrace their uniqueness and they're weird and they're bold. And so I think, especially being in the Midwest, we limit, um, kind of our potential or we sort of put ceilings or put ourselves in a box because there's only so much we should want for or so much we should like achieve and, and, and reach for. Whereas the world will actually reward those who are very bold and unique and whatever your ideas, your thoughts, your, so when I think about social media, it's like, yeah, be on there and, and put your ideas out in the world and create content and make a podcast or send a tweet or, um, but don't, it, but people's reactions to that is not where you should get your worth or your, um, you know, your validation. And so, um, yeah, so I think that's another tip I would say is uh, embrace your weirdness and embrace, you know, who you are and be, be bold. Right. The world needs th that voice. They need those ideas. And, and I have seen that. That has probably been another silver lining that you talk about is, is on social. I think people have been more open to being them mm -hmm. and to kind of owning some of that and owning their beliefs and their challenges and their, right. That vulnerability, you're seeing more of that show up on social media now 
primarily because I think the door's been opened to like, yeah. listen, I'm going to call your bull crap. If you think everything is <laughs> all rosy, right. On your social, like, it's not rosy for anybody right now. Yeah. And so that yeah. authenticity and just feeling like you can be you, um, I think yeah. it's really refreshing. So that's a silver lining. What well, I loved, like, yeah, we, the worst place you can probably be is like in the middle like where you really don't take a stance or have an opinion on anything. You don't have any like fans or haters. Right. Uh, I'm not saying you should go online and try to offend people or piss people right. off. I, you know, right. you should be very respectful. I'm a people pleaser at heart. The Midwestern in me wants everyone to like me and, um, you know, be um, viewed in that way. But like at the same time, then you don't stand for anything. And I, I love the, you know, I'm a huge Hamilton fan and there's that line in Hamilton about if, 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 if you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Right. And so, at Lemonly, we talk about our core values of adventure, collaboration, and integrity. And like, that's how we hire. That's how we promote. That's how we fire if we have to. Right. Um, and so that's what we stand for. And so the, we, our actions are who should we donate money to? What type of clients should we work with? All of that is informed by those, by those core values. And, um, you know, being okay with if someone disagrees with that, that's okay with us. Right. And, and, you know, when we talk about core values and clearly we talked to all, I just had this long conversation yesterday with a client about those is what it really for your personal core values and also your business core values are just a foundation to make confident decisions off of. That's mm-hmm. really what they are, right? When you're in that space, you're like, it can't be wrong if it's, if it's based in our core values. Right. And if it's yeah. with those, then it can, we can still fail, right. Or make a mistake, but it can't be wrong. It just, we learned from it. Right. And I think that's where people get in this, especially now as they get in this indecisive space on, should we make the decision? Should we take the risk with our business or with my career or with, you know, whatever it is. And right. The only thing worse than the wrong decision is no decision at all. And yeah, I regret. Right. Right. And we're sitting at this place where many of us just need to make decisions. And that could be what you're talking about. The decision does not have to be, have to be catastrophic. It can be 1%. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. One yep. small decision a day that moves you forward. Yeah. I mean, if you're a parent for anyone listening, my daughter just turned two yesterday and the other one will turn five on Monday. And so it's the best analogy is that, especially now with the pandemic, when family members don't see each other as much and they see my daughter as a, as a neighbor out for a walk and they're like, whoa, Margo, like you've just grown so much. I haven't seen you, mm-hmm. you know? And then my wife and I step back and we're like, man, I guess she really has. Like, I didn't really notice because I see her every day and I haven't really watched her grow. And then you look at a picture on your phone or something like that. And, and that's that 1% idea, right? It's almost indistinguishable from day to day, right. but at the end of this pandemic or six months later or 12 months, whatever your measuring stick is, you look back and you realize I'm a completely new person. Like I love the line of, Hey, I haven't seen you Jamie in a while. Like allow me to introduce myself. You know, like I'm a new person today than six months ago when you met me. Right. It's so I want to, I want to start to end it there because that is, that's a, just a great realization for all of us. And I think we can all relate to it, but what it really reminds me of is, and I'm in the midst of writing a book and and part of what I wanted to include in there was this idea that as I've grown, right. Success, whatever you want to call it, just grown as a human, my fear now, my fears are different. My fears are having the same fears you a year from now or two years from now that I have today. Because that means to me, I haven't grown. My fears yeah. should change, right? They should yeah. get bigger. They should get different. They should be different fears, you know, next month than there are. And I think it's a good litmus test for people is that if we're still talking about the same fears, yes. we're still dealing with the same issues, 
your realization should be that you're not taking the better every day, 1% steps because you shouldn't be hearing the same things. They should change. We're not eliminating it, but it should be different tomorrow than it was yesterday. 100%. Yeah. And I'm sure you've talked to a lot of successful leaders, people with businesses way bigger than mine. And and one thing I've learned when I study more successful people is the problems don't get, go away. No. They just, they just get bigger. Right. And so what happens is like you become a person who can deal with bigger problems. You know, like when I started a company, started in Lemonly, it was like a hundred dollar mistake was a big deal, you know, yeah. and then it was a thousand and then it was 10. And now it's like, okay, call me when we really screwed up, right? When, right. when it was a $25,000 or $50,000, like become the person who can deal with those problems, right. um, but also know the problems aren't going away. They just get wow. bigger. And you aren't, you haven't failed because there's more problems, <laughs> right? No, if, no. If you want to gauge them and they should be bigger. We shouldn't be dealing with the same ones over and over again. Yep. So absolutely. I love that idea. So how can people find out more information on you? I know you have your own podcast around leadership that it's phenomenal. So how can they get more information on you? Lemonly, the podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, the podcast is called Lead More because I believe the world needs more leaders. So that's the leadmorepodcast.com or all the places that you can you know, subscribe to podcasts. Um, and then individually, I, I, I'm a, I like Twitter. That's probably the place I hang out the most. So at John T. Meyer on Twitter, you can find me there. Follow. Um, I share some of these same thoughts and ideas and I love to engage there. And if you want to learn more about Lemonly, that's just lemonly.com. So we help brands tell their story uh, through visuals and design clarity in a really cool way. You guys need to check it out. Some of the work that they do. So thank you for taking time. To yeah, have this is fun. Yeah. Thank and you so much, Jamie. Absolutely. And this was just a good, you know, I, I always, I tell our listeners that this is selfish. This is like, things <laughs> I want to have conversations around and then everyone else just gets to listen in. Right. And yeah. so I appreciate your wisdom. And I think even if it's stuff you already knew, it's such a, just a good reminder for all leaders right now. And, and for those of you listening, you know, that's the purpose of this podcast is it's to shift your perspective. Even if it's just 1%, it's to get you 1% less stuck and, and, and taking an action to send that email, to read that book, to, you know, whatever that is to move you forward. And so I, I think the discussion with John here today, just pretty much summed up the purpose of the podcast is it's that <laughs> um, and and so thank you for being here and thank you to the listeners for continuing to engage um, and, and really be part of a community and a conversation that's going to drive us all forward through this time thanks everyone thanks so much for listening if you like this episode please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them and we would so appreciate a rating and a review We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.